Hello, this is Lafayette Faust, creator of the Nevermore Hollows podcast. Thank you for making the show a success. Please take a moment to subscribe, give five stars, comment, and share the show with your friends. It's the best way to help us grow and to be able to continue to provide quality horror content. Also, please support our new art director, Chris Madman Goins, at Black Sheep Studios TN on Instagram. He has some amazing Nevermore Hollows art for sale, signed by the both of us, as well as many other original pieces I think you're going to love. Now, for you horror hounds who like to have a good laugh, I invite you to check out my other podcast. It's called The Three Uncool Cats. In it, my two friends and I sit in a basement and discuss music, movies, and whatever else comes into our warped minds. I would really appreciate it if you would give it a listen. Now, with that out of the way, I invite you to sit back, turn on a light, and prepare yourself. Hello there. Welcome back to Nevermore. This quaint little town seems so normal, yet when you dig a little deeper, you find all sorts of buried bodies. And not all of them are human. Tonight's story takes us back to Winona's Waffle Hut, that diner on the edge of town where some of the most disturbing paranormal incidents happen. A few nights ago, just around midnight, the patrons of this establishment were visited by the Tooth Fairy. And as we've come to understand about Nevermore, he won't be the benign little fellow we tell our kids about. I am Lafayette Faust. I am the town's historian. I dig up those bodies that the townsfolk would rather keep buried, because as the good book says... We are to take no part in the works of darkness, but instead are called to expose them. So, with that, I ask that you sit back, turn on a light, and prepare yourself. Winona's Waffle Hut was located on the outskirts of the weird little town of Nevermore, Georgia. The townsfolk embraced a Mayberry-style way of life. Everyone was known by their neighbors. There was a genuine effort to be friendly and to lend a helping hand. The town's architectural style was varied, with Victorian and Craftsman-style homes, a well-maintained main street, and a town center with buildings that were over a hundred years old and a lush park complete with an artisan fountain. But what defined the town most were the unexplainable happenings that were so prevalent that the townsfolk had long ago accepted them into their lives as normal. Winona, a sturdy woman of 40, had come to Nevermore and set up shop here when she was 20. 
She had hoped to make her little diner successful enough that she could pay someone else to manage it so that she could travel the world seeking locations and experiences that made life interesting. The diner was open 24 hours, and it took only the first night to reveal to her that Nevermore was a town that was more interesting than the most exotic locales the world had to offer. That first night, at precisely 1 a.m., a man stumbled through the doors with torn and blood-stained clothes, yelling that he had just been attacked by Bigfoot. Clearly, the man had experienced something traumatic, but she instantly suspected drugs were involved. That was until the sheriff arrived and told her that there had been a series of events over the past month where people claimed to be attacked by an extremely tall animal that walked upright like a man. In the 20 years since that night, she had witnessed some crazy things, mostly after midnight. That's why, even though the diner was successful enough that she could pay others to manage it, she chose to work most nights. She simply loved the potential for the strange to happen. Nevermore had never let her down when it came to keeping her life interesting. She glanced at the grease-stained clock on the wall and noted that she had 15 minutes before midnight. She then looked around the diner, counting the patrons. There was a young couple sitting alone in a corner booth. The guy was dressed in chinos and a pale green polo and looked as if he had just stepped out of an ad for Calvin Klein. His date was a girl with a pink mohawk. A snake tattoo coiled around her neck. A long-haul trucker sat at the counter, eating a stack of waffles, speaking to a drifter who happened to be passing through the area. I seen some crazy shit in my time being on the road, the trucker said, but I ain't never heard nothing like what you just said. The drifter scratched his wiry beard and fixed his bleary eyes on the trucker. I'm serious, man. I tell you, I saw a chupacabra about a mile back on that dirt road. It was eating a cow, man. It was the scariest damn thing I ever saw. At the far end of the counter, a woman in a business suit glanced over at Winston Jenkins a fireman who had just gotten off duty and stopped by for a burger. She slipped off her wedding band, dropped it into her pocket, and walked over to his booth and introduced herself. In the booth next to the jukebox was a wrinkled old black man with thick, ropey dreadlocks who appeared to be stoned. His head was tilted back and he stared at the fluorescent light that flickered above him with an intensity that suggested the flickering of the light was some Morse code that conveyed deep mysteries. He had a gnarled finger shoved far into his right nostril, and he appeared to be speaking to himself. She realized that he was rapping the chorus to an old LL Cool J song. Mama said knock you out, he mumbled as he dug deep inside his nose. Yes, yeah, she did. Why you rival me, maniac cycle? Just then, the bell above the door tingled, drawing Winona's attention. A man with long, greasy black hair walked in wearing a bright yellow rain slicker, though it was a clear night. He wore dirty combat boots that were half-laced. In his right hand, he held a clear one-gallon freezer bag that was half-filled with tiny white objects she couldn't quite identify. She glanced over her shoulder at Isaac, her shorter cook, and said, Here we go. It's crazy time. 
Isaac was a beefy young black man from Montgomery who settled in Nevermore after stopping at Winona's Waffle Hut one night while traveling to see his grandmother, who lived in Savannah. That was the night the two alligators fell out of the sky into the parking lot. One was dead on impact. The other had just enough life left to chomp down on Deputy Colbert's leg when he arrived to make a report. When Isaac asked Winona if alligators routinely fell from the sky, she had replied that this was the first time that alligators had fallen, but that on occasion other strange things would fall, like the time a man who strongly resembled Elvis fell out of a midnight storm cloud that passed over. He hit the ground with a wet smack. He then stood shakily on his feet, dusted off his bedazzled white jumpsuit, and hobbled off into the dark woods across the street. There were about 20 people at the diner that night who witnessed that one. After hearing that, he decided that life would be much more interesting here in this weird little town, so he had stayed. He looked up from slathering mayo on a double-decker burger and saw the man in the yellow rain slicker. Yes, I'd say it is crazy time and a few minutes early tonight. Everyone in the diner turned and looked at the man who was blocking the only way out. There was a moment where you could hear a pin drop. Then, the businesswoman who was attempting to seduce Fireman Jenkins said, Oh my God, are those teeth? The vagrant in the yellow rain slicker turned his attention to her and raised the bag. He shook it causing the contents to rattle. Sure enough, Winona thought, those were teeth. By the looks of it, about a half gallon. The vagrant turned his head, looking at every single patron in the diner, ultimately locking eyes with the long-haul trucker sitting at the counter. What's your problem, partner? The trucker asked. The man said nothing for a heartbeat. Then, still holding up the bag of teeth, he said, I am the Tooth Fairy. I've come to collect what's mine. Winona noticed that in his left hand he held a big pair of needlepoint pliers that appeared to be covered in dried blood. She reached under the counter and grabbed the sawed-off 12-gauge shotgun and pointed it at the man claiming to be the Tooth Fairy. We see a lot of crazy around here at this establishment, she said, but I won't allow any of it to be deadly tonight. So, I believe it best that you just step back out the door and be on your way. She glanced over at Isaac and noticed that he had his cell phone to his ear, speaking with Betsy Anderson at the sheriff's office. She knew that a deputy or two would be here within 15 minutes, but she also knew that a lot of death and destruction could happen in that amount of time. The Tooth Fairy squatted and gently put the bag of teeth on the floor. As he did, the yellow rain slicker flared open, revealing that underneath he was naked. Winona was also able to see that his body was covered in tattoos. He stood and turned the lock on the door. Then he took a step toward the old black man sitting in the booth who was now looking at the Tooth Fairy with wide-eyed wonder, still with a finger shoved far into his nose. I wouldn't take another step if I were you, Winona said, leveling the shotgun at him. The Tooth Fairy turned his attention to her, 
and she saw that his eyes were completely red, a deep, blood-stained red. She gave him closer scrutiny as she stared at him down the barrel of her shotgun. His hair was greasy and clung to his dirt-smeared face. His yellow rain slicker was covered in dark stains. His hands were dirty and his nails long and caked with grime. But when he smiled, his teeth were perfect and as white as any teeth she had ever seen. It looked as if he had spent thousands of dollars to keep them perfectly straight and so brilliantly white. She wondered if he had veneers. The perfect teeth didn't do anything to help his maniacal look. In fact, it only served to give him a hungry, wolfish look. <laughs> I'm here to take what's rightfully mine. He growled and took another step toward the old black man. He was now about ten feet from the wide-eyed geezer. Winona had been wise enough not to fire until the man became a mortal threat, but now she couldn't take a shot because the scatter would hit the old black guy. Damn it, she thought. Now it gets tricky. She felt Isaac come up beside her. He leaned close and whispered, I'm going to try and get him back toward the door. However, before he was able to take a single step, the tooth fairy shot toward the old black man with such speed that Winona wouldn't have been able to take a shot even if she hadn't been concerned about collateral damage. He moved faster than any normal human could. In fact, it was as if he had suddenly popped out of existence where he stood and then reappeared next to the old black man. But before anyone could even react, he reached down, grabbed the old man by his dreadlocks, and yanked his head back. He forced the man's mouth open with the filthy fingers of his right hand and used the blood-stained pliers in his left to wrench out a front tooth. The businesswoman screamed. Everyone else gasped, except for the girl with the mohawk. She stood from her booth and watched with obvious fascination. There was a gleam in her eyes as she watched the blood pour down the old man's face and onto the yellow formica table. Shit, Winona hissed. On it, said Isaac. Winona lifted the barrel of the shotgun and let loose a thunderous round into the ceiling. Isaac hopped over the counter and headed straight for the tooth fairy, intending to tackle him to the ground. The tooth fairy shot a hateful look over his shoulder at Winona and slammed the old guy's face onto the table. The old man was out cold a pool of blood creeping from his mouth and pooling around his head. The tooth fairy turned toward her, a wide smile spread across his face, teeth brilliantly gleaming between dirty, cracked lips. Winona realized she had an opening if she aimed high. Damn, this is going to be messy, she thought, and pulled the trigger. The gun kicked against her shoulder and the report was an ear-splitting roar. The tooth fairy blinked out of existence as the buckshot blew out the glass door behind him. In less than a heartbeat, he popped back, this time on the other side of the diner, beside the businesswoman. He grabbed a handful of her hair and yanked her head back. 
She pursed her lips together in a feeble attempt to stop him from tearing out her teeth. He let out a gurgling laugh and stuck the sharp tip of the pliers between her lips and squeezed them down on one of her bottom teeth. He pinched some of her lower lip as he did so, causing her to scream in pain. He yanked the pliers and ripped the tooth from her jaw. He slung her around by her hair and she fell against Mohawk Girl, who giggled with glee. Isaac had changed course and gave a loud war cry as he rushed at the Tooth Fairy. But, just as he was within striking distance, the Tooth Fairy again winked out of existence and materialized behind the counter next to Winona. He hovered over her, his mouth wide in a devilish smile. She brought the gun around, but he was too close and grabbed it with his right hand. He wrenched it from her and tossed it through the serving window behind the counter into the kitchen. He leaned closer, and in a guttural whisper he said, You can't kill the tooth fairy woman. He raised his right hand and snapped his fingers. The freezer bag of teeth flew from across the room, and he snatched it out of the air. He opened the bag and dropped the two teeth he had taken from the old man and the businesswoman inside. He shook the bag, and his smile widened at the bright rattle of teeth. Winona saw that Isaac had changed his strategy and was now creeping up behind the Tooth Fairy. She hoped she could keep the crazy bastard's attention so that Isaac could grab him. She snatched a steak knife from the counter and stabbed it through his chest. The Tooth Fairy glanced down at the handle, then turned his attention back to her. He let out a blood-curdling hyena laugh that echoed through the diner. <laughs> I told you, woman, you can't kill the Tooth Fairy. Isaac had gotten close enough to lunge and hit him hard in the back, knocking him into Winona. All three tumbled to the floor in a heap. Winona grabbed a handful of the Tooth Fairy's hair and wrenched his head back as she scrambled to his knees, all the while <laughs> issuing that feral hyena laugh. <laughs> this is the most fun I've had. In a long time, he said and reached for the knife protruding from his chest. But before he could grab it, Winona yanked back with every bit of energy she had, trying to break the crazy bastard's neck. His hyena laugh got louder, shriller, more hysterical as his head was wrenched back. It was as if he were having the best time of his life. She realized that her efforts were not going to snap his neck, and her mind raced as to what she could do to either kill or subdue this creature. Because of the hold she had on his grease-slick hair, he couldn't stand. She kept him on his knees, his filthy, laughing face pulled toward the ceiling. She leaned back and yanked even harder as she prayed for inspiration. He clutched at the hilt of the knife and yanked it free from his chest. Oh, man... This is going to hurt, she thought. Just then, she saw Isaac push himself up from the floor and snatch a container from the counter. He fumbled with the top, finally got it unscrewed, and dumped the contents into the Tooth Fairy's open mouth, causing his hysterical laughter to morph into a terrible, ear-piercing scream. Some of the contents from the container fell onto Winona's face, and she realized that Isaac was pouring sugar into the Tooth Fairy's mouth. 
The scream began to taper off into a wet gurgling, and Winona felt something else drip down onto her arms and face as she continued to pull the Tooth Fairy's head back. The Tooth Fairy's mouth had begun to disintegrate. The lips and teeth melted into a black goo that ran down his neck and onto her arms and hands and face. He continued to gurgle as his chin began to turn black and melt. Then his whole face caved in on itself and his hair pulled away from his scalp. She grimaced and cried out in disgust. She pushed herself back, still clutching a clump of greasy hair. The tooth fairy stopped his gurgling scream and slumped over onto his side. She tossed the mass of hair onto the counter and pulled herself up. She looked at Isaac as she caught her breath and said, What made you think that would work? Isaac stood holding the now empty sugar container as he looked down at the tooth fairy's body. He had a shocked look on his face. He glanced up to her. I mean... He did claim to be the Tooth Fairy and was as invincible as a weird-ass Superman. So I figured, what would be the Tooth Fairy's kryptonite? And in a moment of inspiration, I thought, sugar. Winona couldn't help but laugh. Isaac looked sheepish at first, but then joined in. They were interrupted when Mohawk Girl leaned over the counter and looked down at the Tooth Fairy's body. Hell yeah! She said, the disturbing gleam in her eyes. His face melted off. This has to be the best night of my life. Just then, Sheriff Mosley strode through the front door, his boots crunching the broken glass that was scattered across the floor. He had his hand on the butt of his still holstered gun. He was followed by two deputies who had guns drawn. He stopped just inside the door and looked at the old black man who was still passed out face down in a crimson pool. He glanced over to the businesswoman and saw her split lip and the blood running down her mouth and dripping from her chin. He then turned his attention to Winona. You always have the craziest shit happen here, Winona. And you always stride in here like you're some kind of badass, Winona said. He stepped to the counter and looked down at the dead man in the dirty yellow rain slicker. He took in the black melted mass and shook his head. I'd venture to say that violates health code. Winona rolled her eyes. Whatever, Sheriff. He glanced up at her. Last week it was a girl claiming to be a ghoul. What was it this time? Tooth Fairy, Isaac said. Sheriff Mosley turned a raised eye to him. Tooth Fairy? Isaac nodded. Yes, sir, and I killed him with this. He held up the empty sugar container. Sheriff Mosley shook his head. I'd be damned if it isn't always some of the craziest shit ever that happens here in your establishment, Winona. Winona glanced around at the destruction and the carnage. She looked down at the Tooth Fairy and his melted face and the black goo that was spreading across the floor. She knew this was going to be one expensive cleanup, but she couldn't help the fact that she loved that her diner was in this crazy little town. She looked up at the sheriff and said, Isn't it fun?